Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny, and I'm here with... Hi, I'm Lehman Kessler. You're well known for your for your podcast, your, your TikTok, but I really want to talk to you about urban horror, um, running a, a horror game in a in a city setting of sorts. Um, thank you for taking the time. Um, uh, viewers, uh, the reason why I brought this guest up because he has an extensive history of role-playing games, um, but you're also a mayor of a town in the, in the Midwest. Am I, am I correct? That's right. I am the mayor of a small uh, village in uh, Knox County, Ohio, Gambier, Ohio, home of Kenyon College. I've been intrigued with City Horror, maybe because I grew up in New York City all my life. Before I go into my own perspective on things, um, uh, um, what makes horror in a city setting maybe different from other settings? So I think, you know, even if you don't live in a big city, there's a certain familiarity with cities, right? Like we're bombarded with cities and popular culture. If it's comic books or movies or films, like there's so many tropes of cities, as you've already pointed out, you know, they're like gangs and violence. But, you know, also, you know, I did, you know, subways, you know, skyscrapers, the idea of there like, you know, being like kind of a big bustling downtown, uh, you know, maybe with like sort of a more quiet suburban area. Um, and so I think, you know, cities are popular for role playing games because they're just they're so prevalent in popular culture, just period. Um, you know, you also can have a lot of people in a very <laughs> confined area, which could be very useful. And I think, uh, yeah, I think I think it's playing with that familiarity. It's playing with, you know, sort of those expectations and good horror, you know, takes those expectations and kind of like twists them and play with them. And some of the things that make horror settings in urban environments really fun and really exciting can also be some of the biggest challenges <laughs> when it comes to running games in those kind of settings, right? People are aware of if, you know, if they live in a city, particularly, they're aware of how a city works, you know, and, you know, that familiarity can kind of rob a GM of some of the hand wavy tricks that they can get away with if you're in, if you're in, you know, the middle of nowhere, or if you're in like a fantasy setting, or if you're in, you know, someplace where you can be like, well, that your cell phone doesn't work there because, you know, <laughs> you can't just hop a, you can't just hop a subway right now because uh, I, I said so, you know, like it's it, that playing with those expectations within cities is a lot of fun. And I think good GMs are able to work that in. And, and as you say, find, the real ways that cities can can have that kind of horror twist and that weirdness, if you want to call it that, um, that you know, I certainly look for when it comes to to gaming. Do you have any favorite um, role playing systems that you've played that that gives you a good feeling of what it's like to be in a city? Uh, sure. I mean, I you know, <laughs> the, the games that I've played in sort of urban horror. In uh, are are the are you know World of Darkness and New World of Darkness, particularly the New World of Darkness game. Uh, I was in uh, for a while. I lived in Toronto, and my friends were running a a just basic New World of Darkness game. So you know when when they shifted, you know they had their big various <laughs> Ragnaroks and <laughs> Eschatons. Uh, you know they kind of they rebooted the system, and the first thing they they put out was just world of darkness you know you're just a human here's how to make a human in our world you don't have superpowers you're not even a hunter <laughs> you're just some guy and we were playing that for for a good long while uh i was evan berlin that who was the world of darkness's version of adam west he was a washed up uh tv star uh who was getting drawn into all sorts of weird eldritch strangeness in toronto and 
And it was a lot of fun because we were all living in Toronto and we were playing in this like horror version of Toronto. So there was a lot of familiarities. We were able to draw upon things that we knew about the city and could employ and be like, oh, well, there would be this kind of bar here. And it'd be very different, you know, from what you would find out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, you know, the, so we know the subways go at certain times and things like that. Um, so being able to draw upon that experience was a lot of fun. And our GM was able to play into that and, and allow us to make use of that knowledge and wasn't trying to do the thing, which I know I've been guilty of as a GM, <laughs> like of thwart player agency by being like, well, no, 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 that doesn't work. You can't go there. That part of the map hasn't been written yet. So you have to find somewhere else to go. <laughs> um, and, and that was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to explore that and play with that. And, and you know, as things were just not, working and and getting weird and you know we're getting the situation where like oh we can't just call the police about this right we can't just like make use of basic like infrastructure to solve this problem like we have to we have to figure out what's going on now uh it was a lot of fun and uh sadly the game ended earlier than uh we would have liked um but it i, it, I still recall it um as as one of my favorite uh, just pure, you know, being being someone so in over their head, right? Which which you know, good horror can do a lot of the like, a lot of the big horror games, uh, like the World of Darkness games. You know, you're you're often playing a, a sort of a super powered entity, right? You're playing the vampire or the werewolf or the demon or what have you. Even hunter, like you know, you're humans, uh, but you're a human that can like make your baseball bat like glow with holy fire. You know, like there's there's still a bit of power fantasy, and I know people talk about Call of Cthulhu as you know being the anti power fantasy role role playing game, right? You know, this was a game where you were also just going to be regular people, and like you were going to go insane and die, like like just so get used to it <laughs> and and be prepared for that to happen. And I I I like Call of Cthulhu. I've played Call of Cthulhu. I get the sort of where it's going for but what i enjoyed about new world of darkness and 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 hunter as well because hunter was probably the, the world of darkness game i played the most you know is that you know there is a sense of danger there is a sense of being in over your head but there's not just sort of the fatalism of like well i've got my backup character because i know professor von smithington is going to get eaten by a dole in five minutes so what does it matter um you are able to like imbue a bit more <laughs> Uh, investment in your characters uh, when you know that they're just not about to get chewed up by a shaga because the storyteller is bored. <laughs> so, for for myself, um, I have to have, I have a trouble finding like good books, good role playing books for cities. Um, there there are a lot of great books with stats for cities, like like how to build a city and things like that. But I, I find that when I'm when I'm like in a dungeon. Um, exploring that to me gives me the, the closest feeling i have like in my experience living in the city now what, what i mean by that is that obviously i don't I'm not gonna open the door and the orc's not gonna pop out to attack me um but what i mean more is that it when you grow up in the city especially like that now some some context i grew up in the 80s in new york city in the bronx and um i remember feeling paranoid the idea like someone's always watching you you know um uh, a lack of safety, you know, uh, you, if you, if you're in trouble, if you call for help, whether it be cops or anything like that, who knows how long they'll be there before you're saved. Um, uh, the, the, also, it's 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 uh, dealing with like uh, like where to find 
uh, like food or items that you may need to live, things like that. Like just like being in a dungeon. You know, when you're in a dungeon, you we gotta look, we gotta take care of how much rations you have. Um, you gotta you gotta check everything for for traps and, and things like that. Not that we have any traps like that. You know, it's only so much you can compare before it's, it sounds ridiculous. But 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 there was that similar feeling though. You know, um, I think and games, you know, games, I think especially the cyberpunk era, right? I think about cyberpunk, I think about Shadowrun. You know, Shadowrun was meant to be a, an urban game. There's not a whole lot of like, hey, guys, we're going to Indiana to, you know, <laughs> break into this, <laughs> this techno mages vault, um, you know, right? Like you are meant to be playing in this kind of really tight, busy environment where like well you talk about that surveillance right and that kind of like am i being watched am i being watched because someone's about to mug me am i am i being watched because like the corporations have their you know their cameras on all the time um and the city you you know someone who's spent time in toronto right you have like the super wealthy and the super poor like smashed up against each other and that creates like some interesting tension um and play area that a good gm can um can make use of and so i think you know it's interesting right we we, we look at the question of setting and we look at the question of system and you know a lot of times there will just be either you know systems that are just you know like dnd we know dnd we you know this is we're going to apply it to whatever we want because it's a system that we understand and then you can just sort of put whatever setting you want on top of that or like gurps right gurps is the major example of like look here are the rules and then you just apply this rule to wherever you want you know they're the games that very much say no you can't just do that you, there's not a one size fits all or just sort of a palette swap like you know games that are really intentional about you know this system is very specific to this very particular kind of setting those can be really really well done um and you know one area that i really enjoyed it it's fantasy but it is also makes use of a, a fair amount of urban horror uh is the iron kingdom setting iron kingdoms was this interesting magic of steampunk setting most people will probably know it because of the war machine um War Machine games, um, but it it really you know wanted to present big urban environments, you know, sort of that kind of nineteenth century like you know steampunkiness, um, and and it was originally D and D, and you could see how like it was trying to use D and D to do this you know stuff within the setting that it wasn't quite working. They've actually they came up with their own proprietary role playing game now, which I haven't tried, but I imagine it works better because they're not just fighting with spell slots and, and everything else like that. Um, I've not played it, but I've heard Blades in the Dark does something very similar. Blades in the Dark is very sort of specific to a kind of urban fantasy, urban horror feel and vibe and makes that work. Uh, I can't believe it's I, it's completely come out of my head because I did a whole TikTok series about it. Um, but actually one of my favorite urban horror settings, uh, which literally has city in the title, is Cold City which is, uh, it's set in 1950 Berlin. And the idea is that it is the Cold War, you know, the, you know, World War II is, is, is done and you are members of a sort of allied police force that is secretly cleaning up all the Nazi supernatural horrors that they left behind after the war. And it's all meant to take place in Berlin and sort of its environs. And so like, you know, not only are you constrained to a city, but a very specific historic city where there's tons of information. Like if you're willing to do the research about Berlin at this time, and given <laughs> just how much, you know, it, geopolitical importance Berlin has, there's tons of tons of information you can find. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Like it is so, and you know, the system, the system is pretty, it's pretty light, um, but it works very much for, for this setting, for this game, for where you are. And it's fantastic. Like it's, it's a great game. It's one of those games where like, uh, you know, it's all about 
you know, party dynamics and like everyone being at cross purposes, you know, you, you're given your mission and then you're given like what your different countries want you to do on this mission. And they don't always, <laughs> they don't always uh, work well. And then you've got what you're trying to personally do. So like, if you're trying to defect to the Soviet union, what does that mean about what you're doing in this particular mission? Or if you're just trying to like sell artifacts on the black market to, you know, pay for your kids' medical bills, you know, like it's, it's a very clever game. Um, have and, you, and have you, have you taken a look at took? Have you taken a look at uh, Berlin, the Wicked City by by um, Chaosium? It's another one. No, I haven't. So, all right. So they do city the, the feel of the city correctly, in my opinion. So this is Berlin, Germany, the 1920s, uh, and it goes a little bit to the early 1930s. So you, you get the sense of like, all right, this is the after effects of World War One. You're feeling it. So there's there's poverty. Uh, everything is changing. People are desperate. And then you see the, the the rise of fascism coming, and it's just all these elements. Plus, of course, <laughs> the elder gods uh, that just makes things even more crazy. And it's I, I love that because it. I have to say that Chaosium does a really great job. It's like every book they put out gets better and better because it really does a. Uh, it's not just giving you stats for things. It makes you feel like you're actually there. And it makes you want to research more what's going on there. So I, 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 I'm going to take a look at that book. So I, I, that, that, that you mentioned because it's I, I would want to, I would love to have something to to re, to have my players do after World War II and and recovering and and everything. That's that's fascinating. It's it's interesting. Like it feels like kind of you know early BPRD. Like there's a bit of that, but there's also a, there is like a weird fatalism, right? Because it's like you know everyone's working together except we're not because we know that things are going to get really bad <laughs> over the next like couple of decades and beyond. Um, so there's there's some good tension there. And again, I think that's that's what just any good role playing game does is has a kind of a specificity to it that people can latch on to. Um, and it's when things get sort of too generic. Again, I love GURPS, <laughs> but when things just get sort of too generic and too kind of like flabby, uh, you know, it, then then you're sort of, eh, this is there's you know there's nothing very interesting to to, to kind of sink into here. Yeah, the uh, Artalzorian's um, Cyberpunk series. Um, those, those, I think it's actually called Night City. I don't know if you consider it cyberpunk horror, but in some levels, maybe. Um, but I, I do like how they, again, that, that feel of the city, you know, they talk about, again, the politics, um, uh, how, how does one, I love, I love, this is going to sound boring, but I love like chapters that talk about money, how money is made and how, how it affects the economy. And it makes, to me, that makes, the, the world more, more sensible because no one thinks about that when they're making the character. They just want to go in and maybe fight things or or, or, or straight role play. But understanding the the uh, economic stability or instability of a region, I think, really affects the setting. Yeah, and that's why I love Shadowrun, right? I mean, Shadowrun is is, is very much a a messy <laughs> a messy chimera of of settings. I mean, and there's definitely horror that you can throw into it. Um, but you know, it it likewise. You know, you, you have to understand the economics of this. The economics of like, you know, you 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 want. I think one of the things you buy in your inventory is your what's your lifestyle <laughs> and how you know. And it impacts everything. It impacts your health. It impacts what you have access to, where you can go. And you know, there there are a number of games that try to look at money and look at you know how that you know what that kind of keys in and doesn't key in for you, because um, you know you certain games can turn into inventory simulators, and that. <laughs> <laughs> that that is not necessarily the most exciting. I mean, I do know people who love to to do inventory simulators, uh, who essentially want to do uh, uh, what Diablo <laughs> two in the <laughs> uh, in, in gaming form. Um, but 
you know, I've, I, but I also appreciate games like the gumshoe system where, you know, they're like, you just, you have a skill for, did you pack that? <laughs> and you roll to see if you pack that. And if you didn't, oops. But if you, if you, if you roll successfully, Hey, you remember to bring the rope and you don't have to like sit there at the big, you know, while you're in the town being like, do I get the pythons? Do I get the thunderstones? Oh, they might actually going to use them this time. Um, I, I, I appreciate that level of abstraction that comes up. Uh, another game that I heard, I heard good things about initially, and then sort of began to hear middling things about, um, was uh, Red Markets, which was the like economic capitalism zombie game. Um, wow, like okay. it's it's sort of this post-apocalyptic game, but it's it's essentially all about economics. Like like it is this very you know sort of uh, intense <laughs> uh, uh, you know game about about profit and loss, uh, and it's kind of a commentary on you know what what we value in um, at the sort of. Uh, once everything else is sort of crumbled and society is, has fallen apart. Um, I've heard that like, it has that really cool sort of idea. And then it just becomes, you're going out into the wasteland and killing monsters and taking their stuff, which <laughs> again, <laughs> whether that's a, an indictment of our economic system, one can <laughs> argue. Um, but I, I do think it's, it is, it's a very specific idea, right? This idea of like, we're going to do this game, but really this is a game about economics, you know, not just, you know, adventuring, um, and you'll have to you'll have to find the adventure uh, in the spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> so, if I may ask, what when it comes to like looking for inspiration, um, uh, when it comes to books, movies, what do you consider uh, to be a good source of material for like creating stories? I'll, I'll start first. Um, Dark City. I think Dark City is a, is a great it's a great movie, um, it, and and besides the story, it just Everything about it makes it believable because of all the, how 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 uh, everything is set up, and it's also it's a horror movie in a sense. You know, it's 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 even when they find out. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling it. If you haven't seen it, stop this video and <laughs> watch the movie and come back to this. But um, that fact, when they find out where they're at, what what this city is, uh, to me that's the most horrifying thing. Yeah, the, the the monsters in there. Yeah, they're 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 bad, but knowing the the truth of the matter i think that's just like oh gosh what what are they gonna do now uh, uh for me you know I, again and i sort of blend horror you know urban horror and kind of fantasy urban horror i really love uh china mieville's perdido street station which is this very messy just i've taken so much role-playing <laughs> i've stolen so many role-playing ideas from it um but it's this kind of you know london with steampunk magic and technology and just everything is terrible and gritty and gross and you know um but it's it's also just so well thought out and and it's such a lived in world um and one where there are like eldritch horrors like scraping away on the edges but there's also just like like one of the most just disgusting elements of it is just the like the description of their justice system <laughs> and and just you know how like you know prisons prisons work and and punishments work in this like you know very victorian setting um another really good uh, another good sort of fantasy urban horror is a uh, uh martha wells death of the necromancer that is something that anyone who is like and wants to do like like heists in role-playing games like you should you read that book because like it's it's just it's action scene after action scene after action scene heist after heist after, like like it is just this roller coaster ride of like griffs and cons and like jumping out a window and getting into the carriage to go to the next part of like it's it's oceans 11 without a breath you know and um 
and it takes you like you learn like so much about a society uh, by going along on these on these cons uh, with these folks. So that I think is a really uh, fantastic setting. Uh, for more modern day stuff, I've just started watching it, but gosh darn, Severance, Severance. It's on Apple TV. It's Adam Scott. The 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 sort of the basic premise of it is there's this sort of high tech pharmaceutical company that uh, you can work for, and they will sever your memories so that when you work there nine to five, you have no, no memory of it when you are at home the rest of your life. And when you are working during that nine to five, you have no memory of who you are or who you were prior to that. So like, it's literally like you are just your job and you don't have to worry about what you're doing at work. Like, you know, as far as you experience things, you just, you show up at work and then you leave work and you're able to live your life and someone else is doing all the work and it's exploring both of those mentalities. And it's so creepy and it's so like, oh man, it, you know, talk about sort of the alienation of capitalism and <laughs> economics. Like it does such a great job of, of capturing that, but also like beyond that, just cinematically, like it's so great and aesthetically it's beautiful. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to, like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, this could be an indie role-playing game. Like, this could be like this, like, you know, dark, <laughs> dark, slightly dystopian game, uh, you know, where you have to figure out, like, what exactly is my job here? What am I doing? <laughs> um, so, so that's, yeah, I take a lot, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from that. And just, you know, um, I, I grew up, uh, I grew up in West Africa. And I grew up a missionary kid, which already is going to do weird things to, <laughs> to your head. Um, but like the way like I discovered pop culture was very disjointed. And so when I kind of came back to America, um, you know, I was I was the kid that had watched like Name of the Rose a dozen times before fifth grade. And that like is going to do strange things to you. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, people ask like, oh, what does your inspiration come from? I'm just like, oh, a weird childhood like that, you know. So if, if you can't have that, just read a lot. Uh, and hopefully that'll make up the difference. Um, but I do think um, I do think there's inspiration that can be, be found all around, right? People, you know, my, my big TikTok series always has been, you know, I have people say like, oh, how do you come up with this stuff? How do you write this stuff down? Like, you know, like, how do you invent this stuff? And it's really just like seeing something and thinking, okay, what is like, what is this like a slightly off kilter 45 degree angle look at this thing? And how can I play with that? And that's, um, you know, that's what horror I think is at its best. Even when it's horror of something familiar, like urban horror, or, you know, like people talk about like Midwestern Gothic or Southern Gothic, you know, like there's, you know, there's a lot of different kind of micro genres of horror and, and weird fiction. Um, and it's, it's just kind of, it's just playing with these spaces and playing with expectations. Um, you know, one thing that's so great about like cities is, you know, there are all these like weird spaces that people walk past every day and pay no attention to. And then like the moment you do, you're like, what, wait, so there's something wrong about this. It's why actually here, I'll tell you a place folks can take a lot of inspiration from the Silent Hill games. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially what was it Silent Hill 3 where you, they start you off in a shopping mall and like, you're just, you're trapped in the like weird hallways between stores and the shopping malls. Again, those places that you would have to assume exist, but you would never ever experience, right? Um, there's so much of that, you know, it's why urban spelunking is a thing. Like it's uh, one thing I love, one thing I loved living in a big city was just like, you know, walking down random alleys and kind of being like, okay, like, 
am I supposed to be here? What's going on? <laughs> like, what am I going to like discover? And in a place like Toronto, you would turn a, you would like turn a corner and there'd be like a, an Indian cultural festival going on. So like, it literally, it was like, it was like rolling on a random table <laughs> for a role-playing game. What you never knew what you were going to discover just walking down any particular street. And so that's, um, that's another big strength when it comes to to playing in those kind of spaces is recognizing the diversity of experience and the unexpectedness of being in those kind of environments. Yeah, and it's uh, I was gonna say uh, history architecture. Like, uh, so I grew up in New York City. I now live near Boston. Uh, architecture wise, so different. You know, Boston and and a lot of New England towns are very much about heritage of the you know the the from this late 1500s, early 1800s. So you see a lot of that style and structure all around. Um, and, and New York City is just huge. It's it's very, in a sense, mechanical. Like if you drive around Boston, he's gonna go a lot of, there's a lot of circles in Boston, but uh, New York City is all grids. It's all mechanical and, and, and like cold mathematics, if that makes sense. If someone wants to make a campaign in a city, uh, what would be your, your best, uh, list of advice, advices. Sure. I mean, I guess first is the question of, are you inventing the city from whole cloth? Are you basing it on a, you know, a real world city? Because you're going to have two very different <laughs> approaches either way, right? You know, one is going to have to, is going to be creating, right? You're going to have to think about, okay, what is the economics of this place? What is the history of this place? You know, is this a palimpsest where it's just stuff built on top of stuff, built on top of stuff? Or, you know, was there a blitz that came through and like leveled everything and was like rebuilt in the fifties of like brutalism and stuff like that? Um, and then think about like, just, you know, what are you hoping to get out of your game, right? Like if your game is just a travel log and really it's just like, hey, we're gonna explore these cool cool places that I think you guys should go to, like that's good, but just sort of be upfront about that and kind of be aware of that going in, as opposed to like, I really wanna get into like the, the politics of cities and the corruption of cities and, you know, like, you know, bringing down city hall, right? Like that's just, that's also a very different type of, type of game. Um, and with horror, you can you can explore a lot of different things, right? If you if it's an old city that has old families, well, there's <laughs> there's a lot you can play with that there, um, you know. It, but as you point out, like layout is huge, right? If I were going to be basing a city on uh, you know a horror game in like Cleveland, that's a very different game from what I would base in Columbus, uh, which would be very different from where, where I would base in Nashville, you know, which is a city I grew up in. Um, you know, all of these are going to have very different vibes to them based on their history, based on their makeup, uh, based on sort of recent developments. And, you know, all of that is rife for storytelling. And it really depends on what kind of story you're interested in telling uh, and what your players are interested in, right? Like, remember, like, this is not on, all on you. And I think that can be a really useful thing for GMs to remember, uh, you know, like, hey, like, what would you really be interested in exploring? Oh, well, you know, my character wants to be a wealthy socialite. Okay, well, that's going to that we're now going to be playing with a level of city that's very different if someone's like my guy's a biker um and how like where do those intersect where are they going to be meeting you know um looking at technology right playing you know playing in 1950s berlin is going to be very different from playing in 2020s berlin um and i think being aware of how technology is going to change your game how transportation is going to change how communication is going to change uh you know folks who play call of cthulhu definitely know the you know okay are we in the 20s or, or are there cell phones <laughs> and like you know how does that impact things uh so you know i think you know ex examining the, the you know asking yourself what what interests me about this and what interests my players about that and finding those intersections and finding sort of where uh, those Venn diagrams overlap, that's where you're going to find your story, right? If you want to talk about like, you know, the, the 
the the vampires that run Boston, but all your like players want to do is like go into the sewers and you know just set things on fire. <laughs> you, you know, the, there are ways to make both of those work, but you sort of have to be kind of aware of what you're um, what you're getting into. So yeah, that's that's I think it's like any game. You know, there's there's certain amount of prep you can you can do, but also recognizing that you know the 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 first casualty in war is is, is the plan and whenever you, you your players decide to run off with stuff uh things are just going to go all over the place i remember i was running a game and i decided oh I'm, i have a city i want to design all these cool elements for places that the people the players can go to in the city and there's going to be all this cool stuff and it's going to be fantastic like it's going to be free form i'm not going to be railroading i'm not going to be forcing you to make any decisions like the story can branch off in any number of different ways all right Time to play. First thing the players do. We leave the city. Okay, cool. All right. I guess we're out in the the, the hog farms surrounding the city now. Great, guys. Thank you. Very useful. Uh, so, you know, think about what's keeping people in, in the city. Why they don't just be like, you know what? This place sucks. Uh, we're going to the beach. Um, and if they go to the beach, if it's horror, you can, you know, it could be Innsmouth. So, you know, just always have that as your backup. Shadowrun has done a really good job of doing uh, certain municipalities, certain like they have a big Seattle one. They have a really fantastic one for Hong Kong, uh, which is like, you know, gives you this dystopian <laughs> image uh, of a place that some of us might already view as slightly dystopian. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of great there's a lot of great settings that folks have played with. World of Darkness has done tons of different sittings, different cities and settings that you can uh, check out. Um, and then and then, but then beyond that, there's, you know, there's like going to like Atlas Obscura, right? There's going to websites that specifically are looking at like kind of the weird, uh, the weird places. Uh, there's, there's, there was a whole book called Weird Ohio <laughs> prior to my coming around, um, which, which looked at kind of the funky spots and in, in states. And uh, so, so yeah, you can, you can find these, these everywhere has like bits of strangeness and like the reality of uh the real history of places is always going to be like out there and bizarre and um the trick is just sort of to have fun and to see what you're what you want to play with and how you want to incorporate it all right well viewers um any of you uh game masters dungeon masters out there what book would you recommend or what advice would you give um let us know in the comments below um before we wrap this up can you give us some um, some um some links or that uh, when people want to find you, they know where to go. Sure thing. You can find most of my stuff at LehmanKessler.com. Follow me on Twitter uh, at Lehman Kessler or on TikTok where I'm Mayor Lovecraft. Excellent. Well, take care, everyone. Get your shots. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.